Hello and welcome to Entrepreneur's Journey. My name is Yaro Starak, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. Thanks for joining me again this morning. I haven't done a podcast for a while. I've been um, fairly busy, but I have managed to keep some articles going up every day. Um, likely you've been to my blog. If you haven't, please take a look. It, it's at entrepreneurs-journey.com or do a search for Yaro, Y-A-R-O, and you should come across my blog. I uh, just finished the weekend where I was actually doing a lot of work at my normal job, which is okay. They're giving me a lot of hours lately, but um, as I've uh, noted before, I only work on weekends and night shifts so I can run my business businesses during the week with a little problem. But um, Plus, of course, with my, my weekend job, I can, uh, because I sit in front of a computer, I can write articles and uh, generally work on business things for the majority of the time anyway since it's not a highly uh, demanding job it's a computer help desk so it's a bit of a two birds with one stone getting paid to run my own business which is a nice nice situation of course I do have to do my jo- job but yeah like I said it's not too complicated so uh, now that we're into the working week again I thought I'd get some uh, podcasts out there I had this one planned for a while I actually went to a local park with my mp3 player intending to record this podcast but it took me about six tries and I could not finish it in the park for various reasons. I thought I was being quite clever doing an outdoor podcast and um, you know, a bit of a change of scenery and unfortunately I either had people just staring at me or dogs running up to me or uh, excessive, um, like I, the park I was at is right next to the Brisbane River so there's a lot of um, rowers going by. So uh, generally, I just had too many distractions and too many things uh, interrupting me, and I just tried six times and just gave up and said, this is not going to work, I have to come back and record this podcast in a place where I can focus on what I'm talking about. So that's what I'm doing now, I'm at home. So um, today's topic is actually part of a two-part podcast series I'm going to do. I was originally going to do this in one part, but I found that I had so many topics that... uh, so many parts of this topic that I wanted to talk about that I really was getting too big in terms of a podcast length. I don't like the idea of 40-minute podcasts. I much prefer to have two 20-minute podcasts. Um, you know, this is purely from my own uh, opinions of, of, of audio because I do not like to listen to long podcasts just because I, I'm mainly because I'm impatient, really, just the same with articles. I think a lot of people complain about podcasts because you can't really just scan it and find the content you're interested in the way you can with an article, given that you can obviously um, look at a, an article's headings and, and get to the points where you're interested in. You can't do that so easily with a podcast. I mean, you can fast forward, but it's certainly not nearly as good. So I'm keeping my podcasts reasonably short and sweet whenever possible. Um, yes, yeah, so today's topic is one that was I was reminded by recently by um, Benjamin Riches, who is one of the regular readers uh, of my blog. He's a big fan. Uh, thanks, Ben, for always um, contributing to the comments. I really appreciate your contributions. Um, ben, I, I recently put up a feedback post requesting uh, comments and feedback from my readers and listeners to try and get some more stimulation for ideas and obviously also to gauge what people are interested in. And I had this topic listed as something I would talk about or maybe write about in the future, but um, Ben um, reiterated it and reminded me, so I decided I'll put it together now. And the topic is um, all about accepting payments online, so how to take credit cards and other forms of payment for your internet business through 
through uh, internet means or in general how do you take money for a business and um, as a topic I've been exposed to this from very early days on with my use of the internet because one of the first things I did was to uh, buy and sell um, either through eBay or through just forums and, and news groups you know creating a text list of what I had uh, mostly secondhand products uh, if you read my blog I recently wrote an article or a three-part article on how I have made money on the internet and the first part of that mentioned that I did do a lot of selling of my second-hand products basically online garage sales and I did that maybe the first year into the internet so I, I was exposed to you know the, the need for finding ways to accept payments from people on the internet um, not necessarily credit cards from the start but certainly how do you take money and uh, also because I was a Magic the Gathering card trader and um, Magic became huge on the internet and certainly net trading became a much more prolific part of the game um, you know in the late 90s or even the mid 90s so again I had to find means to take and receive payments and and um, consequently I researched into that so since this is focused on you know taking money for your business I'm going to look at what I do currently with better edit and how I came to choose the payment methods I have on better edit um, I'll start with the obvious payment method that I think every online business or even every individual trading on eBay or on any online you know, com commerce type uh, facility should have is um, a bank deposit method. Now in Australia we have um, net banking, internet banking, which allows you to do direct transfers from one bank account to another. The majority of my clients on better edit um, I shouldn't say the majority, the second majority, it's the second most popular method of payment is through a bank deposit. It's by far my favorite format for receiving money from clients because I don't get charged any fees. The money goes, and the full amount of money goes into my bank account. So it's possible for my clients to either do a net banking transfer or walk into any branch of my bank with my bank account details or the business's bank account details and make that deposit. Or I think they can also go to their own bank and initiate the transfer as long as they've got um, the right bank details. So that's you know a, a method that you should have, provided you've got a bank account, which any business would have. So um, you you should have that as an option. Uh, the next most obvious ones are obviously checks or money order in the mail. It's a um, a reasonably uh, simple. It's a bit more time-consuming for the client, but some people just um, prefer, I guess, using the postal system to send check or a money order in the mail. I've even had some people send cash in the mail to me early on, uh, specifically for my magic trading days, mainly because a lot of kids play the game and the only means of payment they actually have is cash. So I used to get these envelopes with uh, you know, a $10 note and even sometimes a $2 coin or 50 cent coin wrapped in paper to try and conceal it. And um, it worked. Uh, we never had any problems with that, surprisingly. Um, there's, I think, general rules. I'm sure the post office notes that you're not supposed to send cash in the mail by money order instead. But um, I do, whenever I, I say about cash in the mail, I always recommend to people that they um, or don't do it or they do it at their own risk basically, so it's not the most safe method. But checks checks and money orders certainly are a, f a reasonable method and there's again no reason why you shouldn't have your address as a, a payment option to send payments to you. Um, with check cashing, obviously, you've got a little bit more fees. It depends how your bank charges you for that sort of thing. Money orders are just cash in the hand in Australia. You don't pay any fee. The client at the other end will pay a fee to create the money order or probably to write the check as well. But, you know, it's it's a negotiable, uh, negligible fee. Sorry, that's not exactly um, 
breaking the bank, but it is an, an extra component. So that's uh, not the most common way I get paid. It, it used to be back in the day when um, I didn't have uh, credit card facilities, back when I was trading cards or selling things, money orders and um, cash in the mail were probably the most common, mainly because, like I said, I was dealing with uh, younger people without any other types of payment facilities. So I offer those two, those two options on Better Editor, of course. Um, Another option I offer is Western Union money transfers. Now you may have heard of Western Union. They they advertise reasonably prolifically in Australia. They have um, stickers of Western Union on most news agents or you know any outlets where they accept uh, Western Union payments or uh, receive Western Union cash. Western Union is an interesting business model. Um, I recently went to use it to send some money to Canada to pay someone there, and I was investigating the different costs between doing a, a bank wire to Canada from Australia or using Western Union. And I've heard Western Union is reasonably expensive, so I went in there and tried it, and yes, it certainly was. I was trying to send $300 Canadian, and it was going to cost me $45 Australian. So with the bank costing about $25, it was uh, a no-brainer. I went with the bank in that case. But I guess there are some benefits from Western Union. Obviously, it's an instant instant medium. Um, Western Union has branches all around the world, and, and basically the, the cash just transfers, and the person at the other end just uh, can go to any Western Union office, provided they have the right information, which uh, the person should have sent through, and they can go collect their cash, cash in hand. It's a very rare occasion I will have a client use that method of payment. Uh, most recently, I had a client in Europe who had a significant thesis project, um, so he made his first payment through Western Union deposit and made the second payment through a bank wire. Um, I think you probably learned in that case that Western Union, yes, is more expensive, so better off going with a, a bank wire. So again, there's no reason not to offer Western Union as a payment method. As a, from a business perspective, you don't res, uh, pay any fee; you just walk to the, to a payment center and collect the cash. So it's uh, just an, an additional option, so that you can throw as many options as you can to your clients, so that um, they can't complain about not being able to pay you. Um, in my case, on betteredit.com, I just have a, a simple link to the Western Union website so they can read about how they make Western Union payments and uh, you know what the processes are. I don't really give any more information besides that. Um, if the person is prepared to do Western Union, then they'll make the effort to learn about it. So, so those are the uh, the basic ones I use in terms of, um, of course, none of those are credit card options. So I do make available bank deposits, checks, money orders, cash in the mail, not recommended, of course, and Western Union. So that covers, um, you know, the, the basic cash currency transactions, and it probably accounts for 30% of my, my transactions. The majority of them are, majority of my payments are made through credit card. I receive payments through credit cards. So these ones are just... Uh, you know the additional methods. Um, with the nature of my of my businesses, um, certainly currently, a lot of the times we have a new client that has to make payment rather quickly because we don't do large jobs without receiving at least some sort of upfront payment because it's just too much of a risk. So uh, credit cards really the only option for receiving money fast. Um, bank deposits will take a few days to clear. Often my clients will have a 24-hour or a 48-hour deadline. That's not really significant enough to you know receive a check in the mail or to, uh, to see a bank deposit go through from one bank to another. So yes, it has to be done quickly in that case. So um, obviously, when you you know first go online and you know chances are you've you've done some trading on eBay or you know done any transactions whatsoever on the internet, you've heard of a company called PayPal. Um, 
I certainly did early on. I was exposed to PayPal back in the day when uh, I, I was doing eBay trading. I, th I think now that I've actually read the, the PayPal book, um, you probably there's a review of that book on my blog. It's called The PayPal Wars by Eric M. Jackson. Now, I um, had a, a fairly bad vibe about PayPal uh, currently. Uh, I have to admit that reading the book helped to understand the background a bit more about why I, I've got this vibe, I guess. And But, but back in the day, um, I was using eBay when PayPal was actually at war with eBay, and eBay had their bid pay system, which was... Um, I remember actually seeing the two options available, and I was very confused, wondering why there were these two competing payment systems, um, one that seemed to be an eBay uh, service, yet another one that wasn't an eBay service, but was a lot more prolific on auctions. So it was quite confounding in that case, but having read the book, you can sort of see the story unfold and how that came about and how eBay eventually went to uh, buy PayPal and make it their official payment system. But anyway, for the purposes of this podcast, um, I, come, I came across PayPal quite quickly. I think I, I signed up um, once I noticed how many people were using it on eBay. Uh, back then, they only had one currency, that was American dollars, and you could have international accounts, but all transactions were being done with American dollars. Nowadays, they have uh, a lot more currency options, and um, from my point of view with, with Better Edit, I have a listing of payments to make in either Canadian dollars, Australian dollars, American dollars, British pounds, or euros. Um, at the moment, I think I've, I've received American, Canadian, Australian, and British pounds in PayPal payments in the past. Uh, it, it's a funny thing because I, yeah, on Better Edit, I list prices just as static uh, figures, and then I let the clients choose whether they want to pay in whatever currency they have. Obviously, if the, um, you know, the, if you really were smart, you'd take a look at the cross rates and figure out which is the weakest currency compared to your currency and pay with that currency. But given that most of my clients are Canadians and Australians, they usually, which um, the Canadian and Australian dollar is often quite close anyway, it, it doesn't really matter. But every now and then we'll get an American or a British client who will choose to pay in their own currency for whatever reason they choose, and that's um, certainly helpful. It covers a lot of the, uh, the, the fees I incur to make those payments available through PayPal. So... Yes, it seems to work reasonably well, um, and I, I, I think when I first came across PayPal a long time ago, I, I had a bit of trouble understanding how the system worked. It seemed almost too simple, uh, you know, sending money through through mail. Um, over the years, obviously, as with anything, you, you practice using it and have some experience, and it becomes a bit more clear. And the, the same deal, I, I started using PayPal for online auctions and, and garage sales and uh, trading magic cards then through my, my magic store, um, also selling cards just through forums. And PayPal became pretty much the main format of currency transactions on the internet, uh, even non-credit card payments, I think, because I often had a balance thing in PayPal from things I've auctioned. So. This was one of the things that actually bugged me early on, and probably still bugs me now with PayPal, was the fact that your money sits in their account for a while. Uh, it, it doesn't go to whenever you receive a payment, it doesn't go directly to your bank account. It actually sits in PayPal's service, and you can request to have your money transferred to your bank account, but it doesn't happen instantly, and you have to wait. And there's, you know, that's where pretty much that's where the, all the issues that PayPal's ever had have come about. Um, basically, I'm not sure if you've heard, but a while ago, PayPal was served with a, a class action, and that came about mainly because, um, after reading the book, I, I actually realize this now, is PayPal uh, was hit by a hell of a lot of fraud during its uh, 
growth periods, and it was at one stage they just had to get on top of it. So they instigated a, a fairly strict anti-fraud uh, system, which you know in, inevitably actually hit a lot of people that weren't actually credit card fraudsters or mobsters, as whatever the case may be. And um, these people had their accounts frozen. So you know, you imagine you're running a business and you're, you need to have you know, liquid cash constantly available, and you've you've got a few thousand dollars sitting in PayPal, and suddenly it's frozen. You can't access it. You can't make payments with PayPal, and you can't withdraw from PayPal. So um, th that's where basically the, uh, the lawsuit came about. All the people that had ever had money frozen um, for you know not really good reasons were given by PayPal for doing it. They just got caught in the anti-fraud net in this case, and uh, PayPal paid the price later on with, I think it was like $80 million or something like that. But anyway, it seems to be all sorted now, and um, PayPal is certainly considered an industry leader in their, their online fraud measures. Um, I'll talk about fraud, actually, in the next part of this podcast series, because it's a significant area when it comes to choosing an online payment processor for your business, but I'll leave that for the next podcast. But basically, um, one of the comments some of the founders of PayPal have made, I noticed recently, was that if it, it wasn't if it wasn't for PayPal's um, growth strategy, which was pretty much grow at all costs, you know, in terms of financial, they just blew a lot of money on uh, gaining as many customers as they could. And when it came to uh, fraud, because they were such a um, you know growth-focused business, they were willing to take on a hell of a lot of fraud. Uh, basically so that they could maintain the growth strategy and also um, later on so they could effectively you know, try and uh, combat fraud. So um, if it wasn't for their, I guess, willingness to uh, absorb so much fraud, they would not have developed as good an anti-fraud system as apparently they have now. Now I'm um, a bit suspect of how good this anti-fraud system is because um, I, I've read through their materials and uh, I don't see a lot of you know, proactive anti-fraud, which again I will talk about in part two. But I'll I'll leave that topic till till part two. I don't want to get this podcast going on too long. It's already hitting 20 minutes. So uh, I'll just recap the methods of payment that I currently do take on Better Edit, and you would probably consider uh, worthwhile for your online business as well. I take a bank direct deposit either through net banking or in the real world. Um, checks and money orders in the mail. Cash in the mail occasionally, though I don't encourage it. Uh, Western unions very rarely, but make it available just because it's you know, a good service to make available. And PayPal, which allows you to take credit cards or just PayPal cash um, and in multiple currencies nowadays. Um, I don't. I recently shut down PayPal and then reactivated it uh, just recently again. I'll talk about why I did that in the next podcast. Um, in the next podcast, part two of this series on taking payments online, I'll talk about. Excuse me. I'll talk about um, my favorite payment uh, payment system called Paymate and why I prefer it over PayPal. Um, I'll talk about an event that happened to me um, when I was starting my first business with uh, an online card store that has sort of framed my opinions on what's important when it comes to taking payments on the internet. And I'll just um, basically finish off with uh, what I recommend you do in terms of taking payments online. So I hope you join me again for that next podcast, which I'll probably have out um, tomorrow. Uh, thanks for joining me. If you uh, would like to subscribe to this podcast or my blog in general, please take a look at Entrepreneurs-Journey, uh, the internet business blog. My name is Yaro Starak, that's Y-A-R-O, and I'll catch you again later. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>